So I am joined today by my wonderful, magnificent grandparents. Uh, I'm super excited to have them both on the on the podcast episode today. This is going to be some really good uh, information, some really good nuggets, some really good gems. Um, so, Grandma, I have yeah. you on the call. I have you and Papa on the call. Uh, let's start off by just kind of talking about uh, who you two are. And let's get started just um, off the bat with the love story. Tell us more about how you two met, how you fell in love, and how 52 years later you're still here. Wow. Okay. Uh, well, we met, we were teenagers. We met at a club called um, Cheetah, the Cheetah. And Ooh. that was on 53rd and Broadway in Manhattan. Um, I think I was 17 and Papa was 18. And uh, so we went in because we used to like to go out and just have fun. Didn't know Papa. I just met him there. And um, so we danced all night. And uh, then at the end of the night, me and my friends, we went our way and dad and his friends went their way. But we happened to run into each other. We were on 42nd Street and we ran into each other. And so Papa asked me for my telephone number and I gave it to him. And um, and that's how we met. Huh. So was it was it was it just charisma that got you? Was it was it his charm or did he have on the right outfit that day? It was he was at Cheetah, so he had to move fast. Well, Papa was a dresser. Papa was a dresser. He definitely dressed nice. Uh and he had on the latest whatever outfit, you know. That was the thing <laughs> to me. I mean, we looked okay, but dad was up to up to date. Um, but no, we had fun dancing. That was the whole thing. When we went out, what me and our friends and my friends we went out to have a good time and to dance. Mm. And so that's what we did. We just had a good time dancing all night, you know, and talking. And um, and that was it. It's so, so, um, it's so awesome how like uh, just the physical connection, right, of being in person, interacting in person. It's it's such a different feel because, you know, with my generation and kind of how we operate nowadays, online dating is kind of where it's at, where through text messages, you, you might end up in a full blown relationship, maybe even a full blown marriage through through <laughs> some text messages. So uh, do you feel like there's still kind of a, a charm uh, to just getting out there and hanging out in person, maybe even on the first few dates? I think so. I think so. I, I I think you actually get a better um a better idea of the person that you're talking to because you see them face to face. I mean, you can tell a lot from how they grimace or how they react to certain statements where on you know, when you're texting and everything, you can put down wow, laugh out loud and all that, but when you actually see the person, I think it gives you a better idea. So I think that's very helpful. So you were 17, you were young, you were having fun, you were having a good time. Mm -hmm. When you when you um when you allowed Papa to court you, when you allowed uh you two to kind of begin dating, did you have non-negotiables? Because that's a big thing for a lot of people right now. I have a list. There's a list. If he doesn't check off this or if she doesn't check off this, <laughs> she's out of here. And did you kind of <laughs> did you kind of have those non-negotiables as well? Or um, did you just kind of let your heart do all the decision-making? You know, I don't think I had non-negotiables that I would speak of, you know, it's how you were raised. So you, you did things according to how you were raised. Um, uh, but no, I didn't have, we just went out, we had fun. We kept going out different places and Papa lived a long way. I lived in Brooklyn. Papa was in the Bronx. So when we went out on Friday or Saturday night, Papa traveled all the way to my house 
sometimes we would say we'll meet you in Manhattan, but a lot of times he would travel to my house and we go to a club in Brooklyn. Um, so, I mean, just being together, you get a lot, you get an insight on the person. And dad and I would talk about things for days. You know, it wasn't just fun dancing and everything. At the time, you got to remember when we met each other, it was in the 60s. So a lot was going on. So we talked about current events. We talked about history. We talked about um, just about everything. So did you find that like it was super important for you both to be each other's cheerleader through a lot of different things? And I know like different type of uh, events will happen in both in both parties lives. But, um, you know, one of the I think fundamental aspects of unconditional love, of loving someone throughout anything, I think you have to be their cheerleader. And so did you find that you guys did a really good job at like being there for each other, always rooting for each other? Oh, yeah, we were always, you know, at first, uh, there's no love at first. (laughs) At first, Mm. it's just going out, you meet someone, they're a nice person, you have fun, you want to go out again. But once you do develop that love, yeah, you want that person to do well at everything. You want to uh, be there for them. And Papa was there for me, and I hope I was there for Papa. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's that's look, I think I think that's what we all <laughs> I think mm-hmm. that's what we all want. So 50, 52 years, uh-huh. 52 years coming up. Right. Uh, right. This, October, this year, it'll be 52, 52 years. It's a beautiful that's that's definitely worth celebrating um, because we, we only pray that we can we can meet somebody who we can build a whole family with and 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 love and enjoy for 52 years. And so I want to get into the idea of unconditional love, because that's why I I've always kind of put you and Papa on a pedestal. I thought that no matter what life threw your way, um, you always, always, always uh, just kind of came back stronger. And I know there's always a lot more to it, a lot more to um having the mental fortitude and a lot more to having the confidence to get through those situations. But I wanted you to talk to us more about like what unconditional love means to you and Papa and, and maybe even talk about more or less like how you've had to, how you've had to really experience that. Um, You know, something we went through, I think every time we went through hard times, we went through good times but even the hard times weren't bad. Do you know what I'm trying to say? They, I mean, we were there for each other. So we had each other. So when the times were tough, we were there and we worked out things together. You know, I remember one time, this is, uh, Papa had, was in the service in the Air Force. And um, I think for the first time, we did not have any money. We had, and it was, you know, we were gonna we were gonna get paid. I think uh, the next week or something. But that day we didn't have any money. So and what little bit we had, we said, "Gee, um, we could go downstairs." We were in Spain at the time, and we could get what we normally get: our pan and huevos, that's pe- eggs and uh, bread, or, um, you know, we could go and join the NCO club. So we went and joined the NCO club for five dollars. You could have used that. You could you could have used that last bit of money to get some drinks at the Cheetah Club. <laughs> no, not that time. <laughs> so we joined the NCO Club, and then that way, and so we ate out that one time. We didn't make it a habit to go there. We ate there that one time and one time only. So we said, let's go out. We have dinner there, and we did. We took the five dollars, joined that, had the dinner there, 
and we got paid like the next day or next two days or uh, whatever. And, you know, that was it. But we were down to our, I think our last $5 at the time. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, we, we have seen some rough times, but we were there for each other. And I think one of the things that was uh, what helped us was that we were young. We had we moved away. We were not with our families. I think things would have been different had we been around our families, you know, because uh, when we had differences and we didn't have a lot, but, you know, sometimes small differences. I think if you're around your family, they're going to take your side and his family is going to take his side. And you know, we didn't have that. We had we got to figure out what to do together. We have to figure it out. So I think us being away from our families when we first got married and we depended on each other, I think that contributed a lot to how we decided to live, you know, uh, as far as money yeah. goes, it was no my money, your money, it was our money. You know, when we made uh, decisions about things, we, um, we made them together. And I guess I'm doing all the talking. So anybody listening saying, you know, like, where's Papa? But Papa um, um, came, was, um, came down with a, um, he was, a t his body was attacked. Um, he had a, a disease. Uh, actually, it was um, finally described as um, a form of MS, a form of MS. And so when he talks, you know, after a while, he gets a little uh, tough on breathing. But Papa's here. And I think, you know, what we did was we we just worked together with everything. Our money was our money. It was not my money, your money. It was our money. But yet, if I wanted to get something, you know, we set aside for that. If Dad wanted to get something, we'd set aside for that. And I think that was a lot of our success. What do you think, Papa? Yeah. I think that's you, how we a lot. Mm -hmm. That actually segues into uh, perfectly into my next question is because uh, teamwork, teamwork makes the dream work, right? Teamwork makes the dream work. Teamwork is the thing that makes it all happen. I've asked about cheerleading, but um, what would you give as advice for anyone who's maybe about to get into a marriage or they're thinking about marriage or thinking about a long-term relationship as it relates to working together with your partner, like being a team cohesive? Okay. I think one of the first things, because I've seen it many times, if you're thinking about getting together or getting married, you have to get married for the right reason. Do you know what I mean? Sometimes people get married because of a person's position or because of their looks or whatever, you, you have to get married because you really want to be with that person. Um, if you're married for the wrong reason, that can cause problems later on. And when I say the wrong reason is I, who, who's, who am I to say what's right and what's wrong? But I think you need to marry because you love that person and you want to be with that person. And you find out as you're together, as you grow, you love each other even more. Mm. Working together, getting things done. And we had to work together all the time from, you know, Papa taught me how to drive and he was like, watch out. <laughs> watch out. <laughs> and I and said, you can go, you can go. I said, but here comes a car. He said, that car is a mile away. You can go. But I mean, Papa, so we, Papa, we, was probably, 
Papa was probably thinking, he was like, man, she could dance, but she cannot drive. <laughs> he was like, that car is a mile away. Yeah. So, uh, but we did things like that. We, uh, so many things, uh, because we weren't at first in this country, we were in another country. We rode up into the mountains. We dealt with people, you know, uh, that were, you know, we had to learn the language a bit, enough to communicate. And, um, and that, that desire for us to, to know about other people and learn. That's why we went off. You know, dad was in the military. A lot of times military people stayed on the base. Well, we didn't find, we didn't really know what was going on in the base until maybe about a year before we were to leave because we would always go into Madrid. We were in Spain. So we would go into Madrid. We First, we lived in Madrid. We didn't live on the base. Then we moved closer to the base. But, um, you know, we'd go out to parties and stuff and we'd go in Madrid. You know, we were still young. So we go and uh, and have fun. But also when we moved closer to the base and we were in a little small town, we would go up to see how the people were living, to see how things went. And even that, we that brought us together as well, you know, being together or, or having new adventures, you know, we rode down to, <laughs> we rode down to Morocco uh, from, from, from uh, Madrid. And that was an adventure. You know, and because we went through so many different things together, so many different things. Yeah, that um, the experiences brought us together. And because we like to do things, we never stayed home. We were always going. I uh, I always ask I always ask everyone who comes on an episode um, because the idea of the thousand miles of melanin—that's the name of the podcast. Because the idea of the show is that um, I want to highlight different people who I admire, different people who I believe are really doing some awesome things um, and are members of the Black community. And so I wanted to I wanted to ask you, Grandma, I wanted to ask you, uh, what advice would you give for anybody who's trying to go after a long-term marriage? We're talking 50 plus years. Uh, what advice would you give them to, if they're just getting started today is day one, Okay, I'm going to give something and then Papa, another thing, if another thing that I think about marriage, I kind of got off the topic a little bit before, but the other thing I think about marriage is you have to sit and talk. Like I said, get married for what I say, the right reasons, but you know, uh, that you love a person, but you also have to sit and talk. What is a person's idea about children? How do you feel about children? How do you feel about money? a big problem in marriages, you know, is this person a spender? And and you say, would you not marry a person because of that? Yeah, maybe you shouldn't, you know, because that could lead to a lot of problems and you need to know how that person feels about their children, about children, how that person feels about money. And just keep in mind, don't ever think that when you marry someone, if someone's a heavy drinker now and it bothers you, you're not going to get married and say they'll maybe they'll change. Don't ever count on anybody changing. I mean, is it possible? Yes, it's possible. But you can't say if he just stops drinking, he's going to be great because, you know, later on in life, he doesn't stop drinking or she doesn't stop drinking. And you have one problem after another. So you have to sit down and really think, talk about money, talk about religion, talk about children. 
and you have to see and dad papa and i used to talk about everything that was going on before we got married not that we sat down to talk about it we just did we just we talked about current events and we talked about history so you kind of know where someone's coming from and i think that's important don't base everything on looks or that that person has a good job or that person is so nice and you know you got to know what do you want to do is the religion the same will that be a problem I want four kids. This person doesn't want any kids, you know, or, or so you have to sit down and talk, see where you are, because sometimes those things don't come up, you know, and then after you're married, it's kind of, you know, kind of too late. So I would just say, talk, find out who you are and what you want. And hopefully the two of you will want pretty much the same thing or at least close enough that you can you can live with each other and love each other. Have you done anything? Okay.